Luke chapter 8, verse number 4. The Bible says, Then when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of, the, out of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried. Notice, he cried. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. <clears throat> now the parable is this, The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth, and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, covereth it with a vessel, or putteth it under a bed, but setteth it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. For there is nothing secret that shall not be made manifest, neither any, anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Pay attention especially to verse number 18, if you would. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And whosoever hath not... From him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the blessings of being able to be at church today, to be among your people. Lord, there are some that are among us that are sick, that can't be here. There are some that are here, that are um, pressing on despite the fact that they don't feel well. There's some, Lord, that uh, haven't been able to be with us for a while because of health issues. And Lord, please give those people grace and comfort and uh, just strengthen them. Lord, we pray you bring quick healing to those that are, are sick among us. I think especially of uh, Brother Mark and, and uh, the Aguilar family and my wife. Lord, please have mercy on them. Raise them up quickly. And Lord, we pray for our... our uh, study of your word this morning, Lord, that it would be truly profitable and helpful to your people, Lord, to me included. I pray that you would teach us, Lord, I commit this time to you and ask your blessing upon it, Lord, and that you would truly walk among us and you would help us to search our hearts and to, even as Sister Judy mentioned, that we would really examine ourselves 
And uh, Lord, you would use your word. I, I trust you, Lord, with your word, that you would use it in, in whatever way that you uh, see fit and see right for your people here this morning. Lord, we pray that you'd bless our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. In this story of the parable of the sower, uh, I want to look not, not at necessarily at the whole parable, but just kind of draw an application from the parable. But before I do that, I want to, I want to kind of bring up a subject that, and explain the importance of, of a subject that I think is, is very important, which is the, uh, the church meeting. You know, if you look at, look at a church, last, last Sunday we had the Lord's Supper, and uh, we celebrated that together. We, we commemorated the fact that Christ died in our place. His body was broken for us. His blood shed for us. And with that memorial, there were certain things that God told us to do. He said we, we should examine ourselves. He, we should give our mind and our heart to those truths that we were thinking about as we, did, as we partook, partook of the Lord's Supper. But you know what? Even though we don't do that every week, one, there is one thing that the church of God does every single week. That by example, the scripture has given us an example in the book of Acts to, that, that we are to meet together on the first day of the week. You know, we don't have a lot in our church, in the New Testament church. There aren't a whole lot of, uh, of, of festivals and events. I mentioned that last Sunday. You know, there's just basically baptism for those that have put their faith in Christ. And then there is... Uh, there is the Lord's Supper, and those, both of those things are occasional. Of course, we wish they were more frequent maybe than they are, but those things are occasional. They are not something uh, we do every Sunday. But one thing we do every single Sunday that is a scriptural thing is we meet together. That is really the main event. Of the church. Now we have other activities we do as a church. We do evangelism. We have fellowships and go on trips and things like that. And we want to do those. But but really, that's not the bread and butter of what the church is all about. The church, its primary activity is what we're doing here right now. The primary activity that we do is we meet together. You know, all these other things, not including the baptism and the Lord's Supper, uh, those things are the Lord has commanded us to do. But fellowships and meals, all that. We enjoy those things, but you know what? Those are things are we can take or leave. You know, they're, they're, they're blessings and they're benefits, but this, what we're doing right now, the meeting of the church to worship God, to sing songs corporately, to hear God's Word preached corporately. Listen, nothing that you do replaces that. Now, we all know that we have to have an individual, personal walk with God. But did you know that your personal walk with God is not a replacement for, for being among God's people on Sunday? It's not a replacement. They're both necessary. And so if, if this, again, this is it. As far as the New Testament church, when we gather together on Sunday, we say we go to church, but we are the church. We gather together. This is what we're supposed to be doing. This is the main event as far as being a child of God on a weekly basis that the Lord wants us to do. This is not something that should be looked lightly upon. That's why the Lord tells us in Hebrews not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. It is one thing the Lord has put as a duty upon us, but it's not just a duty to be obeyed. It's something we should do with joy. But if, 
If this church, if this church meeting, this weekly meeting we have every week to fellowship, to see one another's face, to encourage one another, to sing together, to give offerings, to hear the Word of God taught. If this is the main event of the church, the main function and activity of the church, which it is, how much attention should we give to ourselves and the way that we do it? How, should, how much attention should we give to the preparation that we give to this, this function, this activity that we have as, as the church of God? I'll just say it like this and we'll start looking at, at Luke chapter 8. When we come to church every week, it should not be something that we do just passively. Just as, a, just as, as just like, you know, like you go make yourself a sandwich or... Or, you know, you passively go to the store because you got to, you know, buy a loaf of bread or milk or whatever. This is a, this is the, this should be for a child of God meeting on Sunday with God's people should be a highlight of our week. And it's easy for a, for a preacher to say that because you know what? For a preacher, his whole week is occupied with Sunday. Or with Wednesday, the meeting of the church. His whole week is occupied with those things. But for many of you, you guys have duties and businesses and, 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 and activities and things with your family and your job and all those things that occupy your time and you've got to do those things. Those aren't bad. Those aren't bad. But sometimes we get so busy with those things that the importance of the meeting of the assembly of the church, it starts to lose that importance. And we get so busy with other things that we fail to provide any time to prepare ourselves to meet together with God's people. You know, so I understand that for a person, a church member, which is, is not any less, I just hasten to say that, I don't know why, but it's not any less than the pastor or the deacon, but the church member is not, that doesn't occupy their time and their thoughts 24-7, like it would a pastor. So sometimes we have to focus our mind and heart on this matter. Because really, for the church of God, you know, if you, if you, if you were to hold up your, if I can just say maybe Christian experience, if you, were to, if you were to hold it up on pillars, your Christian experience could be basically be, be held up on three pillars. You know what those are? The Bible, prayer, and the church. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, and maybe I'm not a physicist, but if there are three pillars of something that we see in Scripture, maybe not described exactly in that way, but we see three th- those three things, and you might could add one or, one or two more, but those three are, are in particular described in Scripture without any question. You take away one of those three pillars, that thing's coming down. The church is important. The church is important, and our meeting together is and should be the highlight of our week. It should be something, it should be something that our life flows into. Amen. You see what I'm saying? Our life flows into it. It should be a priority of our life, not something that's done incidentally. And if it's a priority, then it should have our attention. You know what? Thanksgiving this past week, I already told you I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. My wife, I don't care what anybody says, my wife makes the best dressing that there is on earth. 
No, uh uh-uh, I'll fight you on this. And I've eaten literally probably, my wife made a big, you know, 11, was it 11 by 14, whatever, pan. I probably ate half of that pan by myself over the course of several days. I love it. You know, we put a lot of time into Thanksgiving, didn't we? Well, the ladies did in particular. We put a lot of time and focus into that because it's important to us. But what about the church meeting on a weekly basis? How much time, how much effort, how much energy, spiritual energy do we expend to prepare ourselves to meet with God's people? Because this is a spiritual exercise. And as I said in Sunday school, whatever you bring in here is going to affect this meeting. That's just a reality. Whatever you bring in here is going to affect this meeting every Sunday. So let's look at Luke chapter 8, the parable of the sower. We'll just jump down to verse number 9 where the Lord gives the interpretation just for time's sake. We're familiar with the the parable, but I do want to point out one thing in verse number 8 that Jesus, our Lord, actually cries. He, He yells it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, all of us in this room have ears, right? All of us in this room have two ears. But it is not necessarily true that all of us in this room have two ears that hear. That's what the Lord is saying. Having ears is one thing. Having ears that hear is another thing entirely. And what this parable primarily deals with, it deals with two things. Number one, it taught, its, its main theme is the question of hearing. You see the word hearing You see it in verse number 8, which I just read. You see it in verse number 10. He says, and hearing that uh, they might might not understand. Verse 12, the Bible says, those by the wayside are they that hear. Verse 13, they on the rock are they which when they hear. Verse number 14, they which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard. Verse 15, but on... On the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, verse 18, take heed therefore how ye hear. This is the main theme in this chapter, That's why, or in this parable. That's why I wanted to read verse number 18 as a matter of importance. The second thing that this parable really emphasizes is the ground. The ground. Now when you look at this, in all of these four instances, the ground... Uh, we, we might say the ground is what makes the difference, right? The ground is what makes the difference. We could quibble a little bit maybe on the first one and on the second one, but definitely on the third and fourth, the ground is what makes the difference. And what do I mean by that? Look at verse number 10. And he said, Unto you is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the Word of God. So let's just start there, kind of as an anchor point. The seed is the Word of God. Now, we know there is nothing wrong with the seed. Right? If you take seed, and uh, I know in in Cambodia, we don't see it a lot around here necessarily with sowing wheat and things like that, but they they would sow rice and have huge bags of rice. You know, they would get that seed and they would cast it. You know, you take... 
you take a sample of those seeds, any one of the millions and millions of seeds in those bags, any one of them is perfectly fine to grow a plant of rice. Any one of them. There's nothing wrong with the seed. That's an important thing for us to understand. The seed is good, and it always, the Word of God, which is the seed, always has the ability to bring forth fruit. We come to church, and it is the preacher's job. It is the preacher's job to make sure that his message is a message that is not his own thoughts that are given to the people, but that he, the Bible says in, uh, in 2 Timothy, preach the word, right? That's what it says, right? That's supposed to be the content of what the preacher is supposed to say. And, and furthermore, the Lord says to the preacher, he says, speak as the oracles of God. That is, the preacher is to be saying what God says to God's people. It's not about being cute. It's not about be, ha- having a, a, you know, being witty or having a good story. Of course, we all like those things, but that's not what it's about at all. The core is what God says, period. And, and listen, that's what we're responsible for. As a, as a believer, we hear the word of God. That's what we're responsible for. Notice what I said. When we hear the Word of God. That's what we're talking about here. So the seed is good. So let's just take that for granted. The preacher's going to be preaching. We have our church meeting. That's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about church. Every single Sunday we come together. And really the main event, what we spend the most time on every Sunday and every Wednesday is the preaching of the Word of God, the teaching of the Word of God. You know what? That's the way it's supposed to be. In fact, Paul, when they met, uh, when they met, what was it? Uh, was it what what city was that? Was that Ephesus? When uh, Eutychus fell from the window, I might be getting my city wrong. But when when that happened, the Bible says Paul was preaching all night. That was the main event. Now, of course, we're not doing that, but but it was the main event. The singing is all important. The offerings are important. The fellowship is all important. All of it's necessary. But what we spend most of our time upon is the the expounding and the teaching of the Word of God. And that had listen. That has nothing to do with some guy being in the limelight or anything like that. It has to do with focusing on what God says. That's why what the preacher is supposed to be preaching is supposed to be the very Word of God. So you're not focusing on me or whatever preacher might be up here. You're focusing focusing on what God says. You see what I'm saying? That's what it's supposed to be like. That's the biblical form and example of a church, of a church meeting. So the seed is good. Let's take it for granted that the seed is what is brought forth, what is planted every time we come to church on Sunday. So let's just accept that, all right? We're just going to say that's the case, all right? We come to church, we hear the Word of God. We know the Word of God is not deficient. The Word of God has brought you as a Christian to this point in your life. Do you know that? God, using His Word, has grown you up as a Christian. Did you know that if you're saved, you're saved because you heard the Word of God? Romans 10, 17. So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. At one point in your life, whether it be on on a radio station, on a gospel track, a personal witness of someone, at some point in your life, you were confronted with the Word of God, not a word of a man, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, but with the Word of God, and that Word created faith in your heart. It was the basis of your faith. And you put your faith in Christ and you are a believer in Christ. You are a child of God because of the Word of God. And since then, 
Everything you are, God has produced in you through the Word of God and His Spirit using that in your life. There's nothing wrong with it. The evidence of its power is in all of us. Why we do what we do and don't do what we don't do. Brother Ben, why do you come out and visit and, and knock on doors? You do it because to get a pat on the back? Do you do it because, you know, you're, you're, you know, I take out the lunch every week? No. It's because the Lord told us to do it. It's just that simple. And that is one example of many of why we do what we do, why we don't do what we don't do. It's just that simple. You boil it down to just, just the, the basics. That's what it's about. This is what God said. Again, the Word of God is good. And you think, you think of our Lord in His earthly ministry. Of course, everything He spoke was the Word of God. In His ministry, did He always have success? Did Jesus always have success when he, when he went about throughout Galilee and Judea and Samaria? Did he always have people receive him and accept what he said? Absolutely not. You think of the Apostle Paul when he preached the Word of God. We, we, we accept that Paul was a, a biblical preacher. He preached the Bible wherever he went on his missionary journeys as we're looking at the book of Acts. Did Paul have success everywhere he went? No. Did, was Paul's message, was our Lord's message received everywhere? No. But the problem's not the word. You see, the problem is not the word. The seed always has power to bring forth fruit. Always. So what's the difference? Now listen. You come into church on Sunday. You come into church on Sunday we, ex we accept as a, as a given, just for, for argument for now, that you're going to hear the Word of God. You know what? It's not always going to have the same effect on you. But the problem's not the Word of God. The problem is in the heart of the person who hears it. The issue, the difference, I say problem, but really the difference, the determining factor is the heart of the person who receives it. That's what this parable is teaching us. Every Sunday we come in and we hear, right? This, in Sunday school, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I, no one might have gotten a blessing from it, but I, I felt like the Lord was teaching me as I was teaching. Every Sunday we come in and we hear God's word with these. But the question is, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. But do we have ears to hear? Do our, only our physical ears hear, or does it actually get down, down deep? Are we actually hearing the Word of God? Here's the thing, and I think most of us, including myself, would testify that our ears aren't always the same every Sunday we come in, right? The problem's not the Word. The difference is in the ears. The difference is in the ground, which is the heart. There is no problem with the word. You think of Cornelius. You go to Acts chapter 10. We won't go there for time, but we remember we already studied Acts 10, so that should be familiar to most of us. What did we see? You know, of course, Cornelius is, a, is, a, is an ideal example of someone who is receptive, right? I mean, you couldn't have had a better situation. Maybe you could argue that the Philippian jailer, you know, sirs, what must I do to be saved? We hadn't gotten there yet in chapter 16. But, but 
that was an ideal situation. Cornelius is literally gathering people together and waiting on Peter to show up. And he says in verse 33, he says, we're all here, right? We're all here before God waiting to hear what you have to say. Now, what do you think was going to happen? You, of course, we know Peter's going to give him the pure, unmixed Word of God, right? Because that's what, what a, a good preacher does, right? So we know what Peter's going to tell him is right. But here is a man whose heart is just fertile. His, his ears are ready to hear. He has ears to hear, right? And so what's the result? Cornelius is just listening, and the Word of God is just doing a, just a, Faith is just exploding out of, his, out of his heart, not just his heart, but the heart of everyone there. And we, we know that miraculous sign that God showed to demonstrate that they had believed, even though they had not been baptized or any of the other things, they believed in that moment. And God, God demonstrated it with a miraculous sign. What was the difference? The difference was Cornelius' heart. His ears were open. Now let's look down at verse number 12. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Now notice that, and be saved. So I want you to understand that in this parable, the Lord is primarily talking about people, a matter of salvation. Okay, a matter of whether someone is in Christ or not in Christ, whether a person has believed and has eternal life or whether they don't. That's why this is, is mentioned. Actually, tonight, we're going to see an example of this in action, in Acts. But the devil absolutely interferes with people getting saved. Did you know that? The devil will steal the Word of God that they hear and take it right out of their heart. And you know what he'll use? He'll use religion to do it. False religion. To, to try to argue against and corrupt and distort and pervert the Word of God, in essence, stealing it right away so it cannot bear fruit. In other words, the devil is acting from the outside upon that person to keep them in sin. Listen, that's why it matters. That's why it matters where our heart is. That's why it matters that we pay attention. And, and as I said, tonight we'll see an example of that. Then he had in verse number 13, They on the rock are they which when they hear... Receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. Now we'll just pass on over that, but again, we're dealing primarily with salvation there. But in verse number 14, look at what it says. And that which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard, go forth and are choked. Notice they have heard, but it says they are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. Cares, the things that worry us and occupy our mind, right? Riches, we know what that is. Pleasures. Cares, riches, pleasures. You know what these things are if you could just kind of summarize them? Distractions. Things that take our mind and heart away from the Word. So you have, if you, you can just picture this, the seed falls into the ground. And the ground, is, the ground is maybe good, 
And the seed is fertile enough so that the seed can sprout. Remember, the power's in the seed now. The seed's doing the work. But it comes up, but there are so many things around it that choke it out. That's why you pull weeds out of your garden. That's why. You pull, you got to pull the weeds out of the flower bed. You know why? Because it'll kill the good plants that you want. So you pull them out. But, but in this case, everything around the seed is choking it out so it cannot bear fruit. So the ground might be good. We know the seed is good, but there's still no fruit. Now, applying this to our church services, what I'm talking about today. There are many things in our lives that could be described as cares, riches, and pleasures. That third one is a really nefarious little thing. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the cares of our life, we don't have a whole lot of control over. You know, things like when we're sick and other people we love are sick, you know, and, and financial problems that are thrust upon us and all, you know, all kinds of things like that, that worry us. They cause us to be anxious. Those you might not be able to, to control so much. But you have control. I have control over what I think about in the, in the category of riches and pleasures. You know, one of, listen now, one of the biggest hindrances when we walk through that door to hear the Word of God. Remember, the Word of God is the seed. Don't forget the parable now. The Word of God is the seed. One of the biggest things that chokes the effectiveness and fruitfulness of the Word of God in our life are pleasures. Because we come through the door and we haven't prepared ourselves at all. We have, we have, we've, we've, we've given ourselves to pleasures all the way up until, uh, you know, if, if, if Sunday school's at 10 o'clock, it's up until 9.55, until the very, the very last second that we have to leave for church. We've given ourselves to pleasures, and then and so there's no preparation being made. And then while church is going on, our mind is on, is on, is on cares and riches and pleasures. What am I going to do after that? Who's playing the game? Look, I like football. Look, I like fo- I, wa- I watched Clemson and Carolina last night. I like football. I know Ben watched, uh, ben watched uh, Ohio, Ohio State get beat last night. Listen. <laughs> they only got beat by six. No, I, I like all that. Listen. But the moment that's interfering with, with our our heart's uh, disposition when we come through this door, the moment it interferes with our preparation of this most important day of the week, we got a problem. Because what's happening is it's distracting us from the Word of God and that will rob the Word of its fruitfulness in our lives. And we come in here and we're thinking about other things. We're thinking about the distractions, the cares, the riches, the pleasures. And so we're hearing the word of God, but our mind is elsewhere and we come ill-prepared. We have not prepared ourselves. And while we're here, we're thinking about what's the game afterward, about some social media thing or web thing or internet thing or movie thing or whatever. That's what we're thinking about. And, and therefore... The Word of God never bears fruit in our lives. It's choked out with no preparation. Listen, please listen to me. 
without any preparation. You think about your garden. You plant your plants, they come up. You don't have to touch that thing. You leave it alone for a month and it'll be covered in weeds. It's natural. And so it is with us. Without any preparation, the cares, riches, and pleasures of this life will always assert themselves to take our attention from God. And as that applies directly to church, if you and I do not take deliberate time to prepare ourselves, before Sunday, someone said, the decision to come to church on Sunday is made on Saturday night. And that's true. But you know what's also true? The preparation for Sunday is made on Saturday. How many of you, how many of you, don't raise your hand, how many of you spent any time in prayer for our church service, for yourself, for other believers, for the Word of God, for the songs, any time in prayer up to this moment for today. You see, all these things crowd out our time so that we can't find any time to prepare our heart for God. On this, what should be one of the most important times of the week for a believer. This is not, listen, coming to church is not about pomp and circumstance. It's not about looking the part, dressing right. It's not about all those things. It's not about making sure our attendance is, is, is uh, you know, that we're counted. And all of it. It's not about the number. It has nothing to do with that. It's about you as an individual combined with every other individual setting their heart upon the Lord together. Preparation. Look at verse number 15 at the last ground. But on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, notice they hear it, nothing wrong with the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. But notice, I know this is, a, this is the result of someone that has prepared themselves, but, but let's dig into this a little bit more. Notice it says, honest and good heart. That's what the good ground represents in, this, in verse 15. Honest and good heart. Honesty is sincerity. Having no mixed motive and having a willingness to obey. So you come into church and if you come into here and, and your attitude is such that you don't have the attitude of James chapter 1 that says to, that we must be a doer of the word and I hear only, lest we be like a man looking at his face in a glass and he sees his face, and he, I'm paraphrasing, and then he turns away and forgets, immediately forgets the, what manner of man he was. That's someone that hears the word but doesn't do it. But sometimes when we come into church, we know we're going to hear the word, but the intention is not to obey it and do it. The intention is, I'll see if I want to obey it and do it. That kind of heart is a sure way to nullify the work of the, of the, of the word of God in our heart. Why? Because the word of God is quick. 
because God is alive. We can't look at God and say, well, you know, if, if I feel like I want to do it, I'll do it. No, no. God said, well, then you, then I'll just, listen, verse 18, I'll just take it away. You know what? He has the prerogative to do that. That's not sincerity and honesty of, of heart. The honest heart is the one that comes without motives and, and is willing to obey. He comes before he hears the word. He's already, already wanting to do it. Whatever it is, Lord, whatever it is, I, want, I, just, I just want to do what you say. You're the Lord and you're good, you're good to me. Your grace fills my life. I just want to do what you want me to do because that is the right thing. And I am most blessed in that case. But then it says, good heart. One that is uncorrupted by sin. Now, I know nobody has a good heart. You got to remember the context of this. James chapter one, listen to this, please. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Notice that. I'll, I'll read another verse. First Peter chapter two. Wherefore, laying aside all malice, and all guile, and hypocrisies, and envies. That, that covers a lot of ground. There's a lot of mileage in there. And all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Notice, I just want you to, I just want to point out. Notice the Lord didn't say, simply receive the engrafted word, or simply desire the sincere milk of the word. He, he top loads the receiving of the word of God with all these other things. Lay aside filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness. He says, lay aside in 1 Peter. Also, malice, ill will toward another. Guile, deception. Hypocrisies, being a faker. Envies, jealousy. He says, Lay all that aside to receive the word. You see that? That's what this verse says. Two different places, James and 1 Peter. You have to lay those things aside in order to receive the word. So you go back to Luke here in verse number 15. He says that on a good, but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart. Stop, good heart. That means a heart that doesn't have all this stuff clogging it up. What does sin in your life and my life do to our receptivity to the Word of God? You know what it does? It kills it. It kills it dead. Listen, if you or I come in, listen please, if you or I come into this, this, this church service on a weekly basis with known sin, unconfessed, unrepented sin in our lives, the Word of God is not going to bear fruit in your life. It's not. Because you don't have good ground. Just that simple. That's not the Word's fault. We, if we come into church with this idea that we're waiting, we know something is, is not biblical in our lives, that is not right, God has nailed it, we come into, come into church with this, this idea, this notion that we're waiting on God to convict us of it. 
You know what that means? We arrive with sin. Think about it now. We arrive with sin to hear the word of God. You know what it's going to do? It's going to destroy the word's fruitfulness in our lives. We come into church. We're out of fellowship with one another. We're at odds. We read the word envy, did we not? Malice. Both of those relate to others. We come into church with that in our heart and mind. With that issue lingering. I'll I'll just use the way we say it. We're not going to get anything out of the service. We're not going to. The Word of God is not going to bear fruit in our lives because the ground is bad. You see, here's the thing you you have to understand about, especially about your relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ, is this. Your relationship to God is tied in with your relationship to them. You can't be right with God and be wrong with your brother and sister in Christ. You can't. Unless you have done everything in your power to get that thing right. It is not possible. And if you come or if I come into the church to the the most important, what's supposed to be for the believer, the most important the most important event of the week, if we come in and we're out of fellowship with one another, then it's going to kill our fellowship in the church. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light, listen to these words, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. You see that? Walking in the light means we fellowship with each other. Okay, we all know that although the Word of God is is one of the main parts of our church service, one of the parts is fellowship. Here's the thing. If If we walk in the door and that fellowship is out of order, this meeting is not going to be the same. Again, I said it in Sunday school. I'll say it in a different way this time. Whatever we bring in to this, whatever you bring in, whatever I bring in to this meeting is the way the meeting will be. Whatever heart preparation you bring in, whatever heart inclination you bring in, whatever you have done to prepare, whether it be confession or refusal to confession, to to confess, whether it be fellowship or being out of fellowship and having envy and malice toward one another, whatever we bring into this, this meeting is what the meeting will be. You know, we think of our song service. You know, this idea floats around that, that to, to make a church service good, you have, to, you have to have a certain kind of music. It has nothing to do with it. Let me tell you something. <clears throat> if you, I want to tell you something. This hymn book is full of the Word of God. Amen. If you come into this building for, a church, for our church's meeting every Sunday, and you take this hymn book, and your heart is in tune with the Lord, You are going to be blessed in the songs. Has nothing to do with the songs, the instruments. It has to do with your heart. It has to do with your preparation. Don't you see? If you come into this and you, you put forth no effort into singing these songs, and we just we just trudge through it. You're not thinking about what you're reading. You're not giving your attention to it. It's not going to be interesting to you or to me. That's just the way it is. 
And so it is with every aspect. If we come here and we're not right with God, there's no way we're going to be right with one another. It's just right. If we're not right with God, we're not going to be right with each other. We're going to come in here sour. We're not really going to be interested in seeing each other. You know why? Because we're not right with the Lord. And that, listen now, that is what makes the difference between a spiritual church service and a dead church service. Not lively. I'm not talking lively emotion. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about spiritual and dead. The difference is how we come through that door. You know, one of the, one of the key indicators that someone is pulling away from the Lord that's visible is when they pull away from God's people. You know that? That's one of the first things. It's always, it always goes like when somebody starts to slip away from God, I'm talking about a believer now, when somebody starts to slip away from God, the first thing that goes is private devotion. Usually prayer. The first thing. Prayer and Bible reading in private go away like that. If that happens in your life, you know you're slipping. You need to talk to God about that immediately. But the first visible sign to others, one of the first visible signs to others is when someone starts to pull away from God's people. Do you know why that is? It's because they're not in fellowship with God. And so they're not in fellowship with God's people. Now, now apply that to every single week we come to church. If we're out of fellowship with the Lord and we haven't prepared our heart and we haven't confessed and searched our heart and we haven't prayed for the service and we haven't made it a priority in our life and we're just kind of stumbling through it, we come through the door, we're, we're out of fellowship with the Lord and we're therefore out of fellowship with everyone else. We don't want to talk to anybody. We don't want to hear about their day. How is that going to affect the whole body? Again, every the way the body is, is the way each one of us is when we come through the door. You see, we make, what, we make the service what it is. And that's concerning the Word of God. Whatever your heart is, however your heart has been prepared, whatever is the inclination of your heart, the disposition of your heart, just like we see here, will determine what you receive out of God's Word. Now, lastly, look at verse 18, and we're, we're done. Take heed, therefore. Notice the word, therefore, in context. We just got done reading this parable. It's about hearing. It's about good ground, right? He says, take heed, therefore, how ye hear. I just want to ask you this. On a... Every Sunday when you come in to church, how do you come in? How do you hear the Word of God? Jesus says, our Lord says, Take heed therefore how ye hear. And here's the warning. Not my warning. Our Lord's warning. For whosoever hath to him shall be given. And whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. You know, what that, you know what that's saying? It's saying that when we come and our heart is right, and we're ready to hear and receive, God will give us more. That's what he's saying. 
But if not, he'll take away what we've got. You say, well, that's mean. Be it what it may, God said it. That's why he says, take take heed therefore, how ye hear. Listen, just be honest with you. I want our church services. I want people, I want myself, I want you to come with a heart that's just waiting to hear the word. Waiting to obey it. Hopeful. Energetic, excited, intent, with attention, looking at what the hymn book says, paying attention to the scripture, following along in your Bible. But you know what? That starts before you ever get here. That's the ground that you have in your heart before you arrive. That's when that's determined. So how are you hearing? Let's pray today.